day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Fresh Frozen Southerner podcast. My name is Jay. I hope all is well. I am coming back from a long absence. Uh, there was nothing really grand to tell you about why the absence happened. Uh, suffice to say, it's been a very hectic time in my life. It's been a very busy month. I've been doing a lot of traveling. So I'm sorry that I was gone for so long. I'm glad some of you have stuck around and waited for me to put out another episode. And to those of you who were hoping I've finally given this crap up for good, my apologies, uh, but I am still going to put out some episodes. And today's episode is not very lighthearted. I generally try to look for things that I find interesting or odd. And if you've heard very many of my shows, you'll understand that I kind of find the the weird happenings through history to be very interesting, the sort of the coincidences, things that you wouldn't expect to happen. I find that stuff fascinating. The problem is, is because of just the way life works, sometimes you're going to get coincidences happen that are not good things. You know, it's still interesting that they happen, but it's just a, a terrible story all the way around. And every step of the way, something happens that really statistically shouldn't have happened, but does, and it just makes it worse and worse. And I have got a story along those lines for you today. There is a town that is just about 20 miles from where I live. It's called Nescapec. It's in Pennsylvania, obviously. And Nescapec is a small town. It's about 1,500 people live in Nescapec, and Nescapec sits on the southern bank of the Susquehanna River, and if you drive through Nescapec at the end of the town, you cross over the river, and then there is another town on the other side called Berwick, and they sort of sit facing each other on the other opposite sides of this big river, and Berwick is a little bit bigger than Nescapec. It's still a small town. It's about 10,000 people, but the story involves both of these small towns. These events just very recently took place, and some of you may have actually seen them. These, the events that happened here actually made the national news. But in the early morning hours of August the 5th, it was a Friday, about 2 a.m., the Nescapec Volunteer Fire Department responded to a structure fire. Now, when they arrived at the scene, they found the structure, the, the terminology they used is fully involved. Basically, what they're saying is that the entire house was on fire. It wasn't just a like a couple of rooms or the upper floors, the, the, the entire house was just fully engulfed in flames. Now, usually when a fire department responds to a house fire like this, they're going in blind. They don't, they don't know who might be in the house. This is a little bit of a different situation because one of the firefighters that was working that evening lived in that home, and he knew exactly how many people were inside that house. Like I say, it was fully engulfed when they got there. There was no possibility of them going in and trying, excuse me, and trying to see if they could get to anyone. Uh, the house was just completely engulfed in flames. So the only thing that they could do when they got there was just try to keep the fire from spreading to the other homes that bordered the, the property. And unfortunately, there were seven adults and three children that perished in that house fire. Uh, one of the other people, it was the... The gentleman that was working that evening, uh, it was his father. Now, I have seen reports that said that he had retired from the Nescapec Fire Department, and I saw a report that said one of the individuals inside the house worked for the Nescapec Fire Department. Now, I don't know if they just, if it's just a wording thing that they used worked in the past tense because they knew the individual passed away in the fire. But one of the people that was inside the house was also very closely tied with the Nescapec Volunteer Fire Department. 
And can you imagine being the guy that was on duty that night that you get a call for a house fire? And when you hear the address, you just, well, that's my house. And not only do you know that that's your house, you know that there are 10 people inside that house. Unfortunately, no one escaped from that structure. All 10 people in the house did pass away. It was seven adults and three children. I also saw a report that said there were three family pets in the house as well. As I stated at the top of the show, Nescapex a very small town, 1,500 people. That, I mean, that is a tiny community. And when something like this happens in those small towns, and it happens in bigger towns too, but particularly when it's a small town, the whole community sort of rallies together. And this was really no different. A big fundraiser was planned. Uh, they were asking for donations, clothing, food items, uh, cash donations for the family, the survivors of, from the fire. And they were also doing a fundraiser for the Nescapec Volunteer Fire Department to try to raise some money for them to, to help them fund their operations and probably get some new equipment and just to show support for the fire department. A, a big event was planned. It was decided they were going to have it in Berwick, just across the river. Uh, they chose a spot or a local bar volunteered to have it on their site. Uh, the bar is named the Intoxicology Department. And I'm kind of on the fence on that name. I don't know if I think that it's clever or if they're just trying too hard. I can't decide how I feel about that name. It's, it's you know, at first blush, it's actually kind of a clever, but it's, I don't know. It's just something about it. It feels like they're trying too hard. But the event was planned for Friday, August the 12th, the following Friday from the house fire. And it was a pretty big deal locally. One of the local DJs, a woman named Melissa Kronke, was going to be there. Uh, she is also a pretty well-known local art uh, musician. I don't know if she was there playing or if she was just doing a public appearance to try to help the fundraising. Uh, but you, know, you had local celebrities. Uh, it was very widely advertised. A lot of people knew about it. The event was set to kick off at noon, I believe, and it was going to last for the entire day. I think they were supposed to run until about 9 o'clock that evening or maybe even a little bit later. About 6.15 that evening, the local 9-11 dispatch received an emergency call that a vehicle had driven through the crowd at the fundraiser. Uh, when police responded, they found 17 people that were seriously injured and one woman that had died from being struck by this vehicle. And, of course, the police started a massive search in the area looking for the car. Five of the individuals that were involved in this attack were had, had to be med flighted. A couple of them were children. Uh, like I say, one woman did die. Uh, she Actually, she had children of her own. I don't think her children were any of the ones that were involved in the hit and run. At some point while all this was going on, 911 received another emergency call stating that there was an active shooter. Uh, some Somebody reported shots fired. Uh, now, state troopers responded to this as well. Uh, that turned out to be a false alarm. I haven't really heard anything about what the meaning of that was. I don't know if somebody heard something and with all the other craziness going on, they just kind of panicked and, and thought I better call 911 or if it was just somebody wanting to throw a monkey wrench into everything else that was happening and just trying to be an asshole. I have not heard anything else other than the fact that police investigated the active shooter call and it turned out to be a false alarm. Shortly after that call came in, 9-11 received another phone call saying that there had been a single vehicle accident in Nescapec. 
Uh, when police arrived at the scene of that, they found a young man that was attacking a woman. The police that responded to this incident said that when they arrived on scene, the young man was hitting the woman with a hammer. Uh, unfortunately, they did not get there in time or they probably couldn't have got there in time. But the young man did kill the woman. He actually beat her to death. He had a hammer. Once this young man was taken into custody, police that were investigating the scene noted that the vehicle that was involved in the accident was also the same vehicle that had driven through the crowd at the fundraiser in Berwick. Now, when all these things originally happened, of course, there's all kinds of rumors and everybody's sort of in a panic, and it's hard to really get the good the good information and separate it from the bad. Uh, but initially, they were saying that this individual may have been responsible for the house fire because initially it was reported that the house fire, the start of or the cause of the fire seemed a little bit suspicious. I have not heard anything concerning whether or not this is an active arson investigation at this point. From what I understand, pretty much any house fire that involves the death of a person is going to be pretty heavily investigated. I don't think at this time that they think the house fire was arson. I think it I think it was just unfortunately a house fire. But because they had announced that the cause of the fire was going to be investigated and then this mass attack happened, a lot of people were trying to connect the hit-and-run driver with the house fire. At this time, it does not look like there's any kind of connection, and that's why I was saying that you just get these crazy coincidences in life sometimes. And this is just, you know, why this guy would choose this day to have his mental break. And I understand you don't choose to do that, but just, I mean, the chances that this guy has this type of mental break and just decides that I'm just going to run some people over and it happens to be a fundraiser for an incredible tragedy that just happened a week ago. Stuff like that doesn't happen every day. Now, we do have a little bit more of the story now. Like I said, this happened about a month ago uh, when Mr. I'm sorry, I haven't given this jackass's name yet. Uh, but the driver of the vehicle is named Adrian Oswaldo Sura Reyes. He lived in Nescapec. It was actually his house that police apprehended him at. Uh, he's a 24-year-old man. And what happened that day was he had, and this is what he says led up to the event. So whether this is just a story he's making up or how everything actually happened, uh, but apparently he had been fighting with his mother quite a bit for the past few months, and they had had a big fight on the day of the 12th, the same day as the fundraiser. Uh, after the fight, he went and got in his car, and he was driving, and according to what he says, he saw the crowd at the fundraiser as he drove past, turned around, and went back to the location and drove his car through the crowd. Now, once he did that, he said that he drove back to his house, and when he got to his house, he saw that his mother was standing out on the street, and he ran her over with his car. Now, he did not kill her, uh, but he did strike her with his vehicle, and once he got out of the car and saw that she was still alive, he had a hammer in the car. He got the hammer and proceeded to start hitting his mother in the head with the hammer. Now, when he arrived at the arraignment and was being walked into the building, there were a couple of reporters there. They were asking him, of course, wouldn't you, why did you do this? Now, he didn't stop and give a statement, but as he was walking into the courthouse to see the magistrate, 
He told one of the reporters, I'm sorry, which I'm sorry, considering what he had done and the circumstances that led up to him having a crowd to run into. I mean, just I'm sorry. That doesn't even I don't mean to say that it it's not enough for him to say that. I'm saying that it's almost insulting for him to say that. But Mr. Reyes, at this time, has been formally charged with uh, both the murder of his mother and the murder of the woman that died at the intoxicology department. I don't know why he's not being charged with attempted murder or something for the 17 people that he ran over when he drove through the crowd. Now, I understand all those people lived, but it seems strange that he's only been formally charged at this point with two counts of murder when, I mean, it it blows my mind that they're not hitting him with a bunch of charges for driving into a crowd. And I'm sure eventually he will be charged with something for those, but at the moment, he's only charged with two counts of homicide. But just the fact that he he was angry... And he saw a crowd of people and he thought, you know what would be a good way to blow off a little bit of steam is if I just plowed through those people right there. There has been a change in the way our society functions over the last 30 years. You know, when I was a kid, you you didn't hear about this stuff. And the anti-gun people are all up in arms over these mass shootings. Guns have been around for 300, 400 years at this point, and everybody in the 50s and 60s had a gun, and you didn't hear about this kind of stuff. There is something different in the way we think, and what people think is an acceptable way to present their aggression to the world that's got nothing to do with firearms and everything to do with the way people's brains think at this point, and it's always young men that do this. It's always teenagers or early 20s, like I said, Mr. Reyes is 24, that decide, you know what, I'm unhappy and I should be able to just randomly murder a bunch of strangers and that'll make me feel better. Although I think a lot of the school shootings is people that, well, I'm getting ready to punch my own ticket, but I want my exit from this planet to be as memorable and newsworthy as possible. And that's why they go for schools. Another reason they go to schools is because they know that nobody's going to be there to shoot back for a while and they'll be able to rack up a big body count. But this is not the guns that are doing this. This is some sort of new strain of psychosis that we're seeing these guys just just want to kill as many people as they can before the police show up and stop them. Like I say, you didn't see this when I was a kid. People didn't just decide I'm just going to randomly open fire on people or I'm just going to randomly drive my car through a crowd. This is something new. And there's starting to be some studies that are suggesting a possible reason for this. Now, the mainstream media is not going to touch this because they have decided that marijuana is some sort of health food. And before I launch into this, I want you to understand, I don't have any moral objections to marijuana. If that's what you want to do, if you want to catch a little bit of a buzz in the afternoon and relax, I'm not passing any moral judgment on you for doing that because I enjoy catching a buzz and enjoying the evening myself. My weapon of choice is alcohol, but I'm not going to judge you if you want to smoke a joint when you get home or consume an edible and relax because we're doing the exact same thing. We're introducing a substance into our bodies that will alter the way we think. And we're doing the exact same thing. I'm using alcohol. You're using pot. 
we're doing the same thing. I'm not judging you on that. I do have a problem with the people that act like marijuana is this very spiritual thing. And, you know, it's, oh, it's all natural. And well, alcohol is natural too. It's the byproduct of bacteria that are feeding on sugar. That's, I mean, that's as natural as it gets. But stop telling me that it's some sort of higher plane of existence thing. You know, you like to get high. Stop trying to dress it up like you're doing some sort of religious thing. You like to catch a buzz. That's what you're doing. But the reason I bring up marijuana is because the through line for a lot of these mass shooters and probably Mr. Reyes as well, no, although I haven't heard any reports to this effect, so take that with a grain of salt, but a lot of these mass shooters are heavy, heavy marijuana users, and they have been for many years. Now, everybody always says, well, you know, marijuana is safe. And, you know, I'm sure compared to any other drug, it is the safest. It's probably safer than the beer that I like to drink or the Jack Daniels that I like to drink. But it's not nothing. It's a chemical that affects the way your brain operates. Now, you're not going to overdose on marijuana. You're not going to get physically addicted to marijuana, although everybody always says you can't get addicted to it. Well, there you can get psychologically addicted to the effects of marijuana. A lot of people do. And if you're 32, marijuana is probably not going to affect your brain. But when you're 18, 19, and your brain is still developing, anything that gets introduced to the brain alters the development of the brain. And again, THC is not a zero. It is a chemical. It has a psychological effect on the way your brain works while it's in the brain. It's going to affect the function and the development of that brain. And what we're seeing with these school shooters is that marijuana seems to have an effect on a developing brain, and it causes very aggressive and very violent tendencies in 16 and 17, 18 year olds that are doing a lot of marijuana. Then you add in the fact that the marijuana that we have today is nothing at all like the hippies at Woodstock was smoking. Horticulturalists have done the same thing to marijuana that our ancestors did to corn, which is take a plant and really concentrate the characteristics that we want out of it. Like with corn, corn is a type of grass. It used to look like you know, if you just let your yard go for a couple of months and you get those long stalks with a little seed pot at the top that is what corn originally looked like and through selective breeding our ancestors were able to make those seed pods get bigger and bigger and bigger and till we have the corn that we know or maize that we know today they've done the same thing with marijuana the thc levels and the psychoactive chemicals that you get when you use marijuana is much much more potent than it used to be and so you've got and plus, our society has become very accepting of marijuana. It's much widely available. Um, my state of Pennsylvania, it's not legal for recreational use yet. It probably will be in the next year or the following year. My home state of Virginia just passed a law making it more or less legal. I think I think Virginia actually said that you have to, you know, you can have it, you can use it, but you have to grow it yourself. You, they don't allow you to open up stores and dispensaries like a, a lot of states do. But pot was treated like the boogeyman for a long time, and now it's become very acceptable. It's become very available to everybody. Uh, like I say, Pennsylvania, it's not legal yet. They're kind of in a gray area. There's a lot of places that sell 
uh, CBD edibles. Now, I'm not sure what the difference is. It's not THC, but it has similar effects. And if you if you consume these edibles you, and took a drug test, you would test positive for marijuana, even though there's no THC in the little gummies and stuff. I, I'm not very familiar with these products, but like I say, it's it's not marijuana, but it's something that's kind of a derivative of cannabis that you can catch you a buzz and it's it's legal. These stores are on every damn street corner. And I'm not saying that weed should not be legal. Again, I don't care if you want to use weed. And a 40-year-old that wants to smoke a little weed, that's not going to turn them into a sociopath. But you have to understand that there is a good and a bad to pretty much everything. Again, I drink alcohol. Beer is good. Beer and alcohol has driven our society to a much greater extent than most people understand. You know, for most of human history, the water that you had to drink would kill you. There was all kinds of pathogens in the water. We didn't have a clue what a germ was or how it could affect us. If you drank the water, a lot of people would be sick all the time. A lot of people would die. But if you take that water and you brew it into beer or you ferment it into wine or you distill it into, al- into liquor, the alcohol in it kills all the germs in the water and it makes it safe to drink you know we always kind of think it's crazy that you people in europe in the middle ages they would drink all day long well drinking the water would kill you but the beer tasted good and went good with meals and you didn't get sick from drinking it unless you drank a gallon of it but at the same time i understand that i shouldn't drink a six-pack and get behind the wheel of a car you have something that is good and in that situation it's a very bad thing And it's looking more and more like these teen males, and again, it's males, you don't hear about women doing any of this crazy crap. Young males should not be smoking a lot of weed, and unfortunately, that is sort of the societal norm now. So we're going to see more of these mass attacks. And again, you're not going to hear about this on the news because the mainstream media is very far left, and the left has decided that marijuana is this fantastic thing. And in most cases, it probably is. In this case, it is not. And if we want to solve the problem of these mass shootings and these mass murders, we need to look at what might actually be the problem instead of just these knee-jerk reactions of trying to treat the symptoms, because that's not going to help anybody. All right, guys, that is about all I've got for you today. I'm sorry that my first episode back from that long hiatus is such a bummer. I'll try to have something a little more lighthearted for the next one. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please leave me a like and a comment. And as always, if you'd like to subscribe, that'd be greatly appreciated. You can leave me a comment at freshfrozensoutherner at gmail.com or on the Fresh Frozen Southerner Facebook page. All right, guys, I hope you enjoy your weekend. I hope everybody had a great Labor Day weekend. Getting ready for fall. It's football season. That's always a good thing. Hunting season's just around the corner. All right, guys, have a good night. I will talk to you very soon. Thank you very much.